Right, so Zoe, really, really, really appreciate you coming on this podcast. As I said, done a bit of research on you. You seem to be very, very famous around Cambridgeshire and, and uh, you know, the what's going on in football in Cambridgeshire. So before we start, could you just give us a brief introduction about who you are, what you do, why you're famous in Cambridgeshire and why you should be famous across the whole English game? I think famous is a bit of a strong word, but I think it's more <laughs> passion. People yeah. can see people can see my passion, so that's why they take note. Um, but yeah, so I coach an under thirteen mainstream team. I have an adult disability team, inclusion team, because it's not just disabilities; it covers mental health and learning disabilities as well. Um, I work alongside my county FA as their disability ambassador, and we go out and we try and promote inclusion and disability football in loads of grassroots clubs in our county. Yeah. So is could you could you define then for a layman what the difference is or could be between disability and inclusion? If yeah. there is one. Yeah, no, definitely. So um disability football according to the England Para Talent Pathway covers things like visual impairment, cerebral palsy, hearing loss, blind, amputee and power chair. So right. that's your classification for England Para Football. So England have those teams and that's what's classified as disability football. However, inclusion football then broadens on that mm. and we include people that may have a learning difficulty or disability um, also that suffer with mental health. So they might not have that physical disability. However, they still may struggle with mainstream football and need to be included in a different environment just to have safe, fun access to football. Brilliant. And, and I think, you know, sort of looking into what you're doing and, and, and the two sides of football, which are one and the same, really, I think mainstream could learn loads from the other side, for want of a bit, if that's the right term. Just when, when you talk then about um, inclusion and, and I think the inclusion side of what you're doing needs to be integrated more into mainstream football, in and my opinion. And that's something we do um, as a disability ambassador. So yeah. you'll work you'll work with grassroots clubs on how they can support children or adults with a disability or additional need, how you can help incorporate them in, I hate the word mainstream, but in a mainstream yeah. football team. Yeah. So we will go in, we will offer that support. We can also help coaches tailor the way they coach. So if you've got a child that struggles with their hearing, you know, mm. we can go in and suggest that you, you make eye contact with them, you get their attention by hand gestures, you might need to use a flag instead of a whistle. So with the ambassador role, that sort of covers that as well. It is getting yeah. everyone included, be it disability or inclusion, be it mainstream. It's about bringing the two together and helping that individual find the football that they want. Yeah. Yeah. Is is how how would I'm trying to you know talk from a from a, a nationwide perspective here, not just Cambridgeshire. How what 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 does and again I agree with you on the term mainstream football. I, d I don't like using it, but yeah. I think it's the term that people use. So for this it's familiar this, the discussion we'll use it. So so how how what can mainstream football learn from you know, inclusion football and disability football? For me, one of the biggest ones is being inclusive to all. Mm. Um, you know, a lot, everyone wants to win. Everyone wants that good buzz when you've had a good win, but actually excluding a child or an adult because of their ability or disability, mm. you know, we want to showcase that you can work as a team, you can, you can include that person and that football is about the buzz that you get from playing football and being in that environment, not necessarily being the strongest or winning all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, you know, I, I think for me, you know, winning's like a byproduct of playing the game, if you like. You know, for me, it's enjoying it first and learning from it and learning about yourself, your teammates and all the other things for me football gives you. And I think... Winning is just if you win, then brilliant. It's it's a byproduct of it. Obviously, the higher up the pyramid you go, winning is more important. And yeah. the older you get, 
you know, as, as a coach myself, I, I coached from, I think, start under fives and you said to me, I don't care whether we win 10-1 or lose 10-1. Like I coached, coached a boys team. Don't care if we win 10-1 or lose 10-1. I said, as long as you enjoy yourself, give 100% and learn. We've now gone into under 12s where league tables are published, results yeah. are published and things do, for, for, for differing reasons, do, do change and and I think the, this is where sometimes football at grassroots level can can lose itself a bit because the people on the sideline are more vociferous in their, you know, support, shall we say. The players are, some coaches are, win at all costs. And I think sometimes we lose the element of what grassroots football is about. D- do you see that in disability and inclusion football? Um so just going back to that grassroots, what you've just spoken about. Yeah. I have to say a lot of it as well is um, trying to get the best out of the children. Mm. You know, your children can win, but it's about how you get them to that level. And it's about how supportive you are, how encouraging. It's about the terms that you use. It's about the tone. It's about the language. So every child and every team can get to that winning ability but it's the journey that you go on to get the kids there and I think that's a massive part of it we don't want children to be shouted at we don't Mm. want it to be like the army we don't want it to be drills 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 it's not go out win and then you get in a strop with them if they don't win yeah it's about it's about that journey how you bring the best out of the children and um our kids team we've we've done that you know we've been two seasons where we've had one win and the beginning of this season just the way we've now taken over and we've coached them you know they're they're, they're winning they're losing they're drawing but they're having a good time when they win yeah. they have a good time when they lose and that's because we've changed the way that we coach them yeah. to how they've been coached before um but going back to inclusion i have quite a successful team hmm. but we we lose you know yeah. and i i i say to i, I don't care like hmm. I genuinely don't care. I get more happiness seeing you guys with the bonds that you've got, being on yeah. that football pitch, doing what you're doing. We laugh, we joke, we have a great social side to it. Winning, you know, they a lot of them do want to win and they don't necessarily understand why they don't win, but being repetitive to them and saying, it doesn't matter. You can't, you yeah. can't win everything, Yeah, yeah. you know, and... You know, I quite often say to them, I can't see what if you're winning, losing or drawing. I don't care. You yeah, know, that's not yeah. what disability and inclusion football is about, especially at grassroots. It's about yeah. all of you being out, having fun, having the opportunity to be a part of a community and a family as well. Whereas yeah. a lot of them might struggle previously to have had friends because of their yeah. disability or their additional need. Yeah. So it's about including everyone, win, lose or draw. So that, that leads me on to sort of, as you've said that couple of things I'd like to sort of go back to um if we stick with the disability inclusion teams at the minute and what football offers them yeah what how have you seen you know not not individual you know uh, circumstances but how have you seen that football has helped the individuals that that you play with and have brought into football what has football done for them I mean for some of them it can be as simple as right we're going to a different county today but we've got a minibus booked and it's giving them and their parents or their carers the confidence that they can come away with a group of people. They know they're safe. They can do a bit of traveling. I mean, it might not be far. It might be an hour down the road, but it's giving them that safe opportunity to go out and also socialize and meet other people in a similar situation to them. Yeah. It just gives, again, I don't like this word, but it just gives people the chance to be normal and experience things that, other people do within football yeah but it gives them the confidence to understand they can do that doesn't it I'm, I'm guessing and do you know what in our team we'll park up the minibus offload everyone and some of them will go right we're going down to the pub now and they'll yeah. go off together in their own little circle of friends we have discos where you know everyone is safe just to be themselves yeah. Um, yeah. you know we'll be planning our Christmas dinner soon and it's just giving people that opportunity that might not normally have that opportunity and say social side of it as well as football you know someone might want to play football but might go to a grassroots club that isn't aware of disability and inclusion and just go you're not the right fit for us but that's because they don't they don't understand yeah yeah 
yeah and then that then i suppose you know affects that individual's confidence it affects their ability to 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 fit in if that's the term yeah it, I, I can imagine that affects a lot of things and you know confidence is linked to mental health and, and and other such things it's like what what have you seen that that football does for your colleagues and players you know from a physical element as well I'm sure it's not just mental where it helps yeah so I mean physically you know they they Exercise makes you smile naturally. Yeah, you're tired, yeah, you, you know, yeah. you get tired as well, so it makes yeah. you sleep. You sleep better at night. Um, so if we've been out doing a whole day's worth of football, they're going to go home and they're going to have a good night's sleep. Yeah. Whereas sometimes they might not if they'd have been sat at home all day. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've seen people just grow and grow and grow, and it can be from someone that's come to our session initially and just been worried that somebody's going to judge them that they're not going to fit in yeah and then two weeks later they'll walk out and they've got a massive group of friends and they're yeah. laughing and joking Brilliant. and yeah. you know the, the physical side of it is great for your mental health yeah. but also yeah. the, so, the social side of it and my team my team know that they can come into football and we can say nothing and just play football yeah and they can forget all their worries and whatever might be going on in the outside world but on the same note they know that if one of them's having a bad day, mm. and to be fair, that's including me, yeah, they can speak about it and there'll be somebody yeah. there to listen. And it might not just be me, it might be another player. We all support each other. So within our team, we you know, we say we're a player led team. I don't yeah. like to th- I don't like to call myself a manager, I call myself a facilitator to them. Right. I just I just they tell me what they want to do. Yeah. We want to we want to do this at training. All right, I can yeah make that happen you know we want to go out and we want to do a tournament in the summer okay yeah. right let, let me see what we can do right guys yeah. two weeks time we're off to south end for the day okay you know so yeah it's about giving them the opportunity and the freedom to make their own decisions and also yeah. interact with other people to discuss those decisions but i don't just make decisions we, we discuss it as a team and yeah we move forward as a team so how you you, you discussed you, you mentioned then about um, that the team is you, you know everyone knows that it's okay to talk and it's not just you they might want to talk to it's other players. What have you done to create that atmosphere of openness and inclusivity? And, and what because what I'm trying to get with this is what what a mainstream team could how a mainstream team could implement what you've done. How have you got there? I mean I'm quite a, I'm quite an open and honest person so I think probably part of it is just me I just talk and I'll moan but I'll say about the good things that I've done the bad things that I've had happen to me and I guess it gives them a sense of it's okay to speak up and discuss these things I mean I don't particularly think I'm doing anything special I'm just me um and everyone sort of warms to that and I don't quite know why they warm to that and like I say I don't I don't claim to be famous and I don't claim to do anything special I just claim to be me and just provide that safe environment I mean I just think we're just doing football but obviously for others it means a lot more I think listening to you Zoe I think you're taking yourself for granted a bit there and that's a compliment so I think when you're saying I don't think I'm doing anything special I'm just being me you is what's special so you know just could could you because I think you know listening to you and and sort of getting a, a grasp of you as a person I think you do a lot of this sort of naturally, don't you? And without thinking, it just comes to you naturally. Now, what you've got doesn't come to a lot of people naturally and they have to work on it. So could you try and break down for us these things that you just do innately, that you just, you know, it's like, for example, making a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. People do it without thinking, driving a car, et cetera, things like that. You're obviously doing this innately. Could you just try and break it down to us what you do then? Because you say to people, I'm just me, is brilliant, but they're not going to learn from that. So how do, how do people that don't do what you do naturally, how can they do it? What do they do? Well, how to be Zoe Harvey, that's the Yeah, yeah. No, how, um, to, how to create, <laughs> and, you know, when you say I just, you know, I talk and I'll moan, but I'll tell you, know, there must be something that you're doing, not just one thing. There must be a number of things that you're doing to create an environment where your players and everyone involved in your team and your clubs feel safe and feel that they can 
open up, not just to you, but to others? So I, I don't think of myself as being better than any one of the players within our team. I'm, yeah. I'm the same as them. We yeah. all started in the same place. We all started playing football. We all decided that we wanted to do something a little bit more competitive. I just so happen to already have that skill set. Um, but we work as a team. Like I say, it's about being kind. It's about listening. It's about not judging. It's about offering advice if you can. But it's also then saying, I don't quite know how to help you, but leave it with me. I'll go and speak to somebody else or I'll go and yeah. find out for you. And say just making each individual feel like they're worthy, I guess. And mm. I've, I, I say I've had, I've had struggles. Um, obviously, I'm registered blind as well, so I only have 12% vision. So yeah. sort of saying to them, you help me, we help you, we make it work. I say I don't think there's anything particular about what I what I do, and yeah. maybe, maybe I don't recognise what I do and why I do it. I'm just kind. I say I'm respectful. I listen. I try to help. Mm. I, I guess being a, a woman um, and having kids as well, because I mean a lot of the team are younger than me. A lot of them are older than me, mm. but respect and just just being that sympathetic or empathetic person yeah just you know but they they they're just as great as me i mean they yeah. all they all rallied together and nominated me for an award and i guess like they appreciate me but i appreciate them and yeah yeah i said i said recently so i won a local award a couple of months ago and i sort of said to everyone that was there and including the mayor and lots of important people I said you know volunteering as well you get a lot more back than what you think you give yeah you know these yeah. guys these guys get me out of my house these guys get yeah. me out of the rut that sometimes I might be in they give me they give me a reason to smile they get me out in the fresh air mm. they get me they get me motivated and in return the least I can do is help them to play football that's brilliant. It's, it's like any coach, I suppose, that they'll think the same. Or they, it gives you a, as a coach, it gives you something else to focus on. And while you're there coaching, maybe whatever thing, other things you've got on your mind, you, you you know, you're forgetting. But there's two things there that really popped out to me, Zoe. Two things you said: being empathetic, and and I think that is a completely different skill set to being sympathetic isn't it and I think yeah. a lot of the time people don't want sympathy do they Zoe no. they want empathy but you can only empathize with someone if you understand them can't you as well yeah and I think the first thing that you said about yourself this is how you described yourself so and these are compliments I'm just kind kindness is the strongest thing in the world you know and when people you know people like you that are innately good great people and obviously I can tell by what you're saying how you know, well, you look after your players and, and everyone involved with you. People like you always use kind as a just, you know, and and, and, it, and it's not a just, it's the most important skill set in the world, I think, Zoe. And, and, you know, it just, you just shine through how you talk and what you're saying and, you know, everything you're saying about what you do is so quite a matter of fact. And I know you don't mean it like that. I think it's because you just find it so innate and so natural comes, to you. Yeah, literally, it just, I don't, I don't think about it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you said you said to me at the beginning here, I like your kit. All of yeah. my players have got this kit. This isn't yeah. a manager's kit. You know, no. I, I don't yeah. sing I don't single myself out in a kit as a manager and they've got a playing kit. They've, yeah, all, yeah. they've all got the trackies, they've all got the hoodies, they've all got personalized training mm. tops, you know, and so that's what makes us a team and that what yeah. that's what makes them feel a family. And if I can buy them a thirty pound tracksuit. And that mm. makes that makes their mental health and their well-being go from down here to up here. Yeah. That's what I'll do. Yeah. And, where and do you think this is come? Where do you think this has come from in you then? Um, where do you think you know? Looking back, because I think like you know we are a product of our environment, and a lot of the things of how we are as people now are results of maybe what's happened in childhood and stuff. I'm not saying that's a thing with you, yeah, but, no, but where, can, I'm trying, I'm just trying to get to know you. And this is really interesting answer. to me. Where, where's so, this come from? So um, I have a limited 
life expectancy. I'm not going to probably live till I'm 80, 90. I was ill health retired back in 2013, so 10 years ago now. And for me, it was about proving to my children mm. that you can make a difference. Mm. And if you're kind to people, how you can help people. And when I'm no longer here, I want my children to be able to go, that was my mum, she did yeah. that. And yeah. that's what drives me. It's making yeah. my family proud. It's making my kids proud. And it's it's showing people that nobody's different. My yeah. my son my son will come and train with the adults and he just treats them like normal people. He doesn't look at them any differently. Mm. You know, I've got six year old twins and they've got kids at school that use a white stick, but for them that's normal. Yeah. That's what mum does. Yeah. Um yeah. so trying to instill in my my children that everyone is as valuable as everybody else in this world, whatever they can contribute, and you should yeah. try your utmost to contribute as much as you can to make someone else's life better. And like I say, at the end of the day, when I'm no longer here, I want them just to say, I'm proud of what mum yeah, did yeah. And, and the awareness that she brought. And, you know, I want them to follow and I want them to be proud of themselves as well. Yeah. So can we just go back to your ambassadorial role with your yeah. county FA? Yeah. What what does how did that come about and what does it entail and what has it taught you? So that was a new initiative that the FA set up to try and grow disability and inclusion football. And I was already doing, you know, what I do. And it yeah. was the county FA that sort of said this role's come up and we think you'd be good for it. And part of that is because I like to talk. Part of that is because I'm not afraid to stand up and speak out if I think something's yeah. not right. Because, again, what have I got to lose? So they approached me um, and it sort of just snowballed quite quickly, really. And like I say, now we help set up disability and inclusion sessions. We help grassroots club become more aware and more inviting. It can be as little as you know maybe looking at your club slogan you know if that was a disabled person reading that would it be inviting to would it be inviting to them and welcoming mm. to them you know so it can be practical it can be physical it can be support um yeah so that's that's sort of the ambassador role and we want to develop disability and inclusion football so we're working on lots of projects to try and grow the game in our area and bring in better facilities for disability specific football. You know, personally, I, I talk quite a lot. So I speak to people that are in businesses and people that yeah. might not be aware of it. So, yeah, the ambassador role essentially is also saying that, you know, I'm I'm a female, I'm a, I'm a disabled female and I have a role within football and if you can physically see me and see what I'm doing then hopefully that will give you the strength to say well I could be like that as well. So just remind who who uh, who's your county FA? Let's give them a shout. Yeah Cambridgeshire FA. Excellent and is there anyone there that you're working with in particular or anyone you'd like to mention? Yeah so I work alongside Ryan Kay who actually you know, nominated me for the role and he, he saw something in me that said you'd be great for this role. Yeah. Um, Ryan's Ryan's got a disability himself. He's played at extremely high level for his country. Um, so having, you know, having those two, we've got two different disabilities. Yeah. I, I'm a female, he's a male. But working together, you know, and we don't always agree on things, but we respect each other's opinions to yeah, thrash yeah, it out yeah, to then yeah. develop to, to develop it further. Mm. So yeah, Ryan Ryan at Cam's FA has been so supportive of me, and he's believed in me, which has then pushed me further to think yeah. I've got this wonderful person and the county FA that can see that I'm making a difference. So let's yeah. push it even further. Let's work together. Let's see what we can do. So what what is this? this role taught you not not necessarily about yourself but about grassroots football and those in it so you're going in as a disability and inclusion ambassador yeah and I imagine a, a lot of your work is trying to educate 
you know, the mainstream teams about disability and inclusion in football. What 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 has it taught you about grassroots football? That it's not as inclusive as maybe it would like to be, but I think yeah. there's a fear factor. Yeah. People think that if you've got a disability or an additional need, it's a different sort of football and they don't know how to deal with that. And actually I go in and say, it can be scary, but there's a massive support network out there. Football's football. Mm. Like you give you give two able-bodied people a football and two people that might have a disability a football. Football's still football, they still want to yeah. kick the ball. Yeah. So it, it's about going into grassroots clubs and actually sort of um, trying to say, yeah, take the fear factor away and say that it's, you know, you're not on your own. It's OK to be scared as well. I mean, yeah. one thing one thing I say to every grassroots club is no question is a stupid question if you don't know the answer. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions that you think, oh, maybe I shouldn't be saying that or can I use this term yeah. or can I yeah. use this word? Like we're here to educate and we're here to help and support. Yeah. Um, and like I say, grassroots football is getting a lot better with disability and inclusion. It's just it's not even breaking down barriers. It's just showcasing and offering that support yeah. and realising that, say, everyone, I keep going back to it, but everyone has a place in football. Yeah, I think education as well. I think it's educating people, in my opinion, and and. Like you said, maybe people are sometimes afraid to ask a question for fear of offending someone or offending yeah. a group or appearing to be ignorant. And a few things I come across is, you know, watching a football match at any level. So it could be a grassroots game through to a you know a professional game in stands. And someone next to you might say something that 10 or 15 years ago was still wrong, but the norm or accepted. You know, you'll, I'll say to someone, say, hey, mate, you, you can't say that anymore. What? See, that, that's, you know, you shouldn't yeah. be saying that. And, and, and like, you know, they're not, you can tell these are idiots. They're, you know, they're like people that are not normal, nice people. And say, what do you mean? I'll explain why they can't say it. And then for the next 20 minutes, they're apologising to me. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean it. I didn't know. Uh, I said, no, it's fine, mate. It's fine. It's just, you know, it's good. I, I know you didn't know. That's why we're letting you know that, yeah. you know, nowadays that is not a term that is acceptable or you know to, or, or or needed to be used and like i said for 20 minutes they're apologizing then and i think it's just around education around edni and things like that and terminology and and i think the more the more educated you are on something the less fearful you are of it that's it and it's about being relatable so people can come to you and say yeah you know can i say this can i say that for not fear of reprisal that they're going to get told off i mean we were at, um we were at a training day at St George's Park a couple of weeks ago and one of the questions was is the blind community an acceptable term and a lot of people said no because you can't label yeah. it and the yeah. only two blind and visually impaired people that were sat on the same table went but we're all right with that yeah you know yeah. you'll get you'll get yeah. the RNIB which is the Royal National Institute for the blind yeah. we reference ourselves as the blind community um mm. but unless people do talk about it yeah. Then there's no awareness. No. I think a lot, a lot, a lot of it that I see, and I can, I'm not saying I'm speaking for everyone here, but I think it's so easy, not so easy, but people now are so quick to to tell other people that that that's offensive. Yeah. And and I think one of the good things I listened to once was uh, Ricky Gervais once said, and he said someone, he said something, and obviously he's a comedian and he says things that are close to the bone, et cetera. And he said something and someone said to him, that's offensive. And he went, he went, no, there's a difference between that being offensive and you finding it offensive. Yeah. Don't label that term that everyone finds it offensive. If you're offended by it, then... That's fine. That's your choice. But don't tell me that everyone is offended by that. And, and I think my point I'm trying to make is I think sometimes in society, we're so fearful of being told that we're offensive, that, that we don't sometimes broach topics or, yeah. or or say something or we skirt around a topic. But then the world we don't doesn't change. To. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's... Um, I don't know yeah i think society has changed i think it's easy to say that's offensive when like i say it's offensive to you and that's your prerogative and i respect that 
and, and I think just people sometimes we we, we tread on eggshells a bit. I don't much mean in 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 what we're talking about now in football. I think in in everything in society, there's always someone that's going to be offended. I think, isn't there? And that comes back down to the whole thing of what I try and do is treating everyone as an individual. Don't group yeah. everyone together. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone is different and everyone should be shown that respect. So, yes, that person might find that offensive and, you know, you can apologise that they find that offensive. Yeah. But like you say, the next person you speak to yeah. might be totally OK with that. And that's yeah. because they're two different people yeah. and you can't yeah. judge everyone the same. No, there's no such thing as normal, though, is there? When people say you're not normal, they're not normal, that's not normal, I'm normal. There's no such thing as normal, is there? Because we're all inherently normal boring different. i say well, to my lot yeah. who wants to be normal that's yeah. boring yeah, we're yeah. out there living it yeah i said that to my son i said i said don't be normal jude that's the you know that's that's the don't want to be normal and i think no. i i think it, it sometimes goes back to sort of you know when, when you want to you know people want to fit in don't they? they don't want to you know stand above the parapet and put their head you know above it for fear of being above everyone you know seeing being criticized but then as you get older who are all the people that we respect? They're all people that are, that have metaphorically put their head above a parapet and stood out. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, it, it's human nature to not want to, but everyone who we recognise and support and look up to are people that have stood out, yeah. if you know what and, I mean. And so you've got you've got to stand out to make a difference and standing yeah. out isn't always yeah. easy. And, yeah. you know, going back to the whole mental health thing, um, standing up and being counted can get backlash and yeah. you can get people that don't agree with you you can get people that try to single you out you can get people that try to put you down because they don't agree with what you're saying yeah. and the hardest thing is as an individual to continue to stand up and to continue yeah. to be counted and con to continue to make a difference and it's not easy no but if 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 you don't know if you don't stand up you're not trying to make change for the better. Um, so I love what you said then. You've got to stand out to make a difference. Or was it stand up to make a difference? Well, both, I guess. Both. I love it. I'm going to I'm gonna use that as a title of the podcast and I'm going to nick it. I love it. <laughs> and you're right, you've, you've got to stand out to make a difference. You don't make a difference from the shadows, do you? You don't make no. a difference from, you know, sat behind a wall. You've got to climb that wall and, and and talk. And have you come up against things like that? Then when you've said you've had, you know, people, people, those that stand out to make a difference, get put down, get criticised. Have you have you had experience of that? Yeah, and I'm going through it now. So I've been through, you know, I've been in football for a good few years now, and I'm I still get it. Yeah. And sometimes, even now, I'm like, do, do I want this stress and do I want mm. this hassle and my mental health suffers yeah but I have to dig deep and rely on the support of friends family my team mm. and know that if I don't stand up who else will and actually mm. by me standing up and people seeing that I'm standing up and people see that I'm getting backlash it gives them the confidence to speak out as well yeah. I don't want to be the only one that speaks up and stands out I want no. to give the confidence to everyone else to stand up, speak out and be themselves and make a change. What what sort of hassle are you get? I don't mean specific, but what, what types of hassle, as you put it, are you getting? What, I can't imagine. Why? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, when people feel threatened, maybe. I mean, I'm a woman. I'm a small woman. I'm five foot two, you know, so I'm confident. So I'm a mm. small woman that will go in there and I'll speak to any man that I come across and... It's, I guess, not not all the time, and believe me, it's not all the time, but people don't expect it. Yeah. People don't expect to see me. Um, yeah. So I guess like, it comes back to what we've said about people don't like change, and when you're trying to change the world and people feel threatened by that, yeah, 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 yeah. Then, then they try to attack you. And all you have to do is continue and however hard that is you have mm. to continue because if you don't they've won they've won you know so what, and what 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 so give us some examples then around how what you've done to you know deal with this internally so you know obviously like you said things whoever you are criticism 
no matter how you know how, how blunt you are criticism does hurt everyone feels it, it does it? yeah so what 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 have you done and what things have you put in place and what have you learned to how to deal with this to to because obviously you know it, when, when things criticize people's mental health can dip what yeah. have you done to to build that back up again what coping mechanisms have you have you instilled what have you learned and what can people who are in your position that are trying to make a difference that are getting criticized that are getting put down what can give us some tips on what you've done please i think it's, I think it's okay to show your weaknesses yeah. so i will tell people that i'm struggling yeah i will i will cry yeah. I will wake up at stupid o'clock in the morning because I'm worried. Mm. Um, but I have to put that good support network around me and talk to people. And that's, you know, lots of different people and good people that I have in my life. Yeah. And that's in the grassroots community as well. Mm. I have to be strong to confine, confide in them and also do it the right way. So if there is an issue, there is, especially in football, you know, You've got your safeguarding and your welfare officers. You've got your county FA. You have to be strong, stand up. And actually, it's quite ironic, but if I've had a bad day, actually going out and being at a football session, even if I'm not actually actively involved, just being yeah. out in the fresh air, watching yeah. it, yeah. Bring, brings me back down to this is why you're doing it. Yeah. So we all struggle. I don't think my, I don't think I have any specific coping mechanisms I mean people might say I do but for me it's just about getting back out there I guess appreciating it's okay to have struggles mm. yeah um, acknowledging it but don't let it build up and fester inside on your own because that's when it turns into a problem for you yeah 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 um, yeah let's say I, I talk to people that have absolutely no interest in football yeah um some of my friends and family have absolutely no interest in football but I'll rant to them yeah. I'll vent they'll give me a brutally honest opinion they'll make me think they'll make me reevaluate they'll probably bring me back down to earth and go you're not stupid you know what you've got to do yeah yeah but I guess it's having that validation um so yeah I mean I used to do a lot of things but now everything is football yeah so I guess my coping mechanism is football mm, but it's what football gives you isn't it you know it's like you said yeah. there's a myriad of things it's fresh air it's activity it's people it's social it's there's there's so much to a game of football isn't there and it also I think when I used to play if I had any problems that for 90 minutes I didn't think about them yeah. literally you know for, you, you'd play football and it was because you're thinking so much about that don't get me wrong minute your minute final whistle goes and you're off pitch they yeah. all come back but it just gives you that release and and I think like just what we spoke about there I was being a female leader in this sphere required mental resilience to break societal norms sounds a bit of a big word but basically in a male dominated area you've come in you know what you know what what how much mental resilience has it taken to get to where you are a lot and you know there will still be times where people will approach. So I coach with my husband, you mm. know, both teams and people will still naturally go to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he's the man. Yeah. And he will openly say, you don't want to speak to me, mate. You want to go to that woman yeah. over there. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, so having having that backup, I guess it's, it's not really backup, but having that support, mm. um, you know, it's hard enough. Let's say things are getting better and things are changing most definitely but it's hard enough being a woman in football because it's yeah. not yeah it's not what's perceived um, foreseen as normal yeah. yeah you know but then when you throw in the disability element yeah a lot of yeah. people admire you a lot of yeah. people are in awe of you mm. a lot of people just then think well she doesn't know anything yeah, yeah. But that's their opinion mm. everyone's entitled to their opinion happy days but that's what you think I'm not going to let that bother me I'll just carry on doing what Crack I'm on. doing I think I think some some people are still struggling to get over female presenters aren't they at football yeah you know so so they're going oh, to struggle yeah yeah female, female presenters female players female refs yeah. female assistant refs and that's in the professional game that they see every week so they're going to struggle to see 
And I, and I totally can imagine how people would come up to your husband first, and I bet they're all blokes, you know, to speak <laughs> about something, thinking that he's the the one to go to. And, yeah. I, and that's that's just, that's not just football, though, Zoe. I think it's it's society as well, isn't it? And do you know what? One thing I laugh and joke about is my eyesight, because I'm like, yeah. it doesn't bother me because I can't see it. Yeah, and I yeah. and I and I play to yeah. that essentially. Yeah, yeah. If someone's yeah. whispering about me over there, well, I can't see it, so it doesn't bother yeah. me. Yeah, correct. You know, on. I just I just I use that. I use yeah. my. I don't like to say weaknesses because being no. being visually impaired has given me the best life that I could have possibly ever had, and I wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I had hadn't have lost my vision. But I also utilize it. Yeah, I, I, one of one of the phrases I've heard is what people think of you is none of your business, and that sort of sounds a bit like what you're saying there. With I can't I, I can't see what they're saying. Don't bother me. Why worry about it? Um, yeah. It seems to me that I can I sense that you live a life of gratitude. You know, from what you said then, what 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 you said then to really hit me. If I didn't have you know, if I didn't have my condition, I wouldn't have the life I've had. So I'm you know. I'm happy with where I am. Now that takes a certain mindset, Zoe, to have that thought process around what's happened to you. So to me, you seem someone that lives a life of gratitude. Would, I be, be, would I be correct? You've got to be thankful for what you've got, not what you haven't got. Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't change, you know, don't worry about things that are out of your control. Mm. I'm not in control that I'm that I've lost my sight. I'm not in yeah. control that my body's decided to pack up and I'm diabetic and I've got all sorts of weird and wonderful things I can't control mm. that mm. so why worry about it I just have to manage it get on with it and focus on the things that I can control did you ever was there ever a point where you weren't in this position in this in this headspace around what you know what you're living with and what's happened yeah so when I was retired 10 years ago sort of having my world ripped out from underneath yeah. you know not being able to drive anymore so you lose that mm. sense of independence yeah. and getting yeah. out not being able to work anymore um my husband having to give up work as well to be registered as my full-time carer yeah you know my world was just my world just ended yeah and actually I slowly got back into like, what, what can I do to get me out of this house sort of thing and actually at that point I started volunteering but over the phone so I volunteered with Silverline and that was a little bit of a, a stepping stone for me yeah. because I still didn't yeah. have the confidence to go out of the house yeah but it but it gave me that sense of oh I'm actually doing something with my life again not yeah. just sat here doing nothing and then sort of and then it just grows and grows and snowballs and snowballs and like I say I'm really lucky to have someone that I'm married to that is so supportive yeah yeah and he backs me all the way yeah and, you know I've got a meeting can you drive me here there's no questions yeah, you know yeah. I've got my eldest daughter that now lives at home can you watch the kids while I go to football this weekend yeah so it, it's I am grateful I am thankful but like I say you just have to focus on the things that are within your control yeah so you know to, to go from where you were to where you are now did you did you consume any read any books podcast watch videos you know what how because with great I'm respect it. takes a, well, it takes a lot of work to go from there to there doesn't it it must have done and you know we're all winging it out we you know what 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 did you, did you do anything specific to help yourself oh I just learn as I go along I think because yeah. I listen and I learn and because I'm willing to adapt and change I pick things up and I respect everybody so yeah. even now I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, we don't, I guess it's a bit like becoming a parent. You don't get a manual. No, no. You no. know, you, you can have a book, you can have a book on how to be a football coach, but that you, you might get someone totally different walk through your door. Yeah. And that yeah. book just has to go out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the same as everybody else, you do your, you know, your grassroots coaching, you do your safeguarding, so you get that basic knowledge. But yeah. I haven't, you know, I haven't specifically done anything. I'm just constantly adapting, constantly learning, yeah. constantly willing to change. You know, if I try and do something and someone says to me, well, actually, if you did this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great, I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to pitch yeah. that technique. We all do yeah. it as coaches. 
we yeah. all might we all might see a drill and go well i'm going to pinch that and if i do it yeah. slightly different yeah 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 and, and yeah. that's yeah. how you that's how you you know it's like everyone's probably just winging it yeah, <laughs> we're all know, volunteers like, but when when you said to me then you said oh, I'm, I'm not doing anything really you know but you are zoe you, you're doing what most people don't want to do and you're learning and you're, you're pushing your boundaries and you yeah. and that you know i'm not sorry i'm not trying to tell yeah, you who no, you no, are no. but but yeah. that is what you're doing you, you're doing you what the, the majority of people don't want to do and i'm not knocking them yeah everyone everyone's different but what you're doing is learning every day i think and, and you're open to learning you've got i think you've got to be open to learn for, and you only learn off other people don't you yeah. whether that's a book that someone's written whether that's a video that someone's whether that's a podcast whether that's an interview whether that's a meeting we only learn off others don't we of and you're we open to that yeah definitely and that's what i say to a lot of people in the grassroots community you know share yeah. share share what you do share your experiences learn yeah. from each other support each other because that's how we grow as human beings yeah you know we're so going back to when you have children you'll have learned off of your parents how to parent yeah. yeah so you don't you don't just get given a book when you become a parent no no so you're you're constantly learning you're constantly evaluating you're constantly copying you know a lot of behavior is learnt behavior yeah so if you go out there and you show a positive behavior people learn from that and yeah. then yeah, yeah then they have a positive behavior because that's what they've learned and that's what they've copied and that's yeah. what they've seen yeah. And a lot of that comes down to as well, disability and inclusion football. Mm. People do copy and people do learn. So and that's a visual thing. Yeah. So if I'm not a nice person. Yeah. And if I'm. You know, not doing things in the correct way. Mm. People will copy that and people yeah. will then go and do that. And that's not where we want people and grassroots no. to be. No. I think I, I was listening to Chris Evans this morning and um, we were talking about energy in people. And he said, like, you, it's energy that people give that, that, that attract you or repel. He didn't say this, but yeah. you know, attract or repel you. And he said, he said, he could be in a room with someone that's got a massive smile on the face, but the energy they're giving off is, you know, betray. He didn't say it like this, but betrays that smile that's on the face where there could be someone that's sat down that's, you know, pretty quiet, but the energy they're giving off is good energy. And it's yeah. energy that's, that's, like you like you give off it's i'm open i'll listen i'll talk i'll learn and i'll help if need be and 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 i think regardless of who you are or what you're living with we all give energy off and we all we all feel energy don't we from others of course you do and neg negative energy you know there shouldn't it shouldn't be in this world life's too short yeah yeah, yeah. we should all we should all be positive we should all support each other and I know that's a hard, you know, it's, it's easier to say than it is to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it is a struggle for me to get up when I'm not feeling well or when my eyesight's really bad. And it is really yeah. hard to go and be positive for other people. And, you know, most most recently at our last tournament, I was exhausted. I just didn't yeah. feel great. And I think because I was having an off day, they seem to have an off day. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they're feeding yeah. off of my... Not yeah. negative energy. Yeah, but, but your energy. But my energy. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. on the same notes, one of them will come in and they're absolutely buzzing. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah all right. I yeah, can, yeah, yeah. I can get yeah. into this now. Yeah. So you've got to you've got to have that positivity as much as much as you can give. And I think you yeah. have to remember in the grassroots football as well that being positive all the time is hard. Yeah. You know, we do struggle. Yeah. We do we do think about things we overanalyze things yeah we don't just switch off from a game and go home and forget about it yeah um you know we do have negative thoughts we do have worries but yeah that that positive energy and you know that's really what we need in disability and inclusion football because that positive energy gives everyone else that opportunity to be positive and enjoy themselves if we're negative yeah. they're not going to come back they're not going to feel safe they're not going to feel no. welcomed so i think that goes for football in general zoe it does it does it does, it, does. Yeah. it goes for football in general it does you know there's there's too much there's too much negativity sometimes i don't want to broad brush it but there's too much negativity sometimes from the sideline from the coaches from other players and 
like I said, I, I think I think what you said, I, I totally 100% agree with what you're saying. Life's too short, and it's too short to to worry about small things. And, and I think those of us that are successful, we all know that, but knowing and doing are two different things in any form of learning yeah. or life, aren't they? And I think those that those that understand that, because I always think, you know, time's my most precious commodity. It is. It is. It's, it's all that. It's everyone's yeah. most precious commodity, isn't it? And I, and I, I can I can only imagine that your position. It's even more, you know, you find it even more precious, and maybe that's why your outlook is is I like it is. I don't want to be sat at home with whatever no. whatever time I've got doing nothing. No. no. But what 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 good is that for anybody, especially yeah. me? You don't get me wrong. Some days I wish I could turn my phone off, lock my front door and not go out of the house for two days and just see nobody. Yeah. And actually, I remember going to the GP not that long ago. And because I'm disabled, they actually said to me, do you want some support within the local community to get out a little bit more and socialise a little bit yeah. more? And I went, no, I said, that yeah. I'm probably the one that's getting people out. Like, actually, yeah. I'd quite like to be left alone for two days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, there's that assumption that because you're disabled and yeah. you're retired yeah. and you, yeah, yeah. you can't work anymore and because you have a disability and you have medical conditions that yeah. that you're no value. Yeah. And I'm I'm a great value to a lot of people. And mm. like I say, I, sometimes I wish that I could just... No lay on my sofa for two days and do nothing but I don't I don't have that luxury but and that's I won't say you, that, unfortunately because it's not unfortunately no it's not it's a, it. it's a gift it isn't it's but it's a gift that's been given to you because you've earned it yeah you know you've not they say you've not just sat around and expected people to you've gone out there and you've earned that gift you've got of people needing you wanting you and there's two different things and needing and wanting yeah. someone are two different things, aren't they? Sometimes we both experience both, but you've done you've done the hard work, Zoe, to to be in that position where people are do see you in that light and, and things like that. And, and I think, you know, but it's been amazing listening to what you're saying. It's it's I think if you're not doing it already, you should consider speaking, being an inspirational speaker or something like that. I mean, I talk to anybody that will listen. You know, I do I do local news I'll do radio yeah. um I again I think because I can't see people I did a I did a bit a little while ago live on the local news and someone said to me are you not scared and I'm like well, what's there to be scared of I can't yeah, really yeah. see I yeah, can't yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah. I I think another thing that makes me who I am is I will speak to anyone that will listen yeah because yeah. if you don't speak how are people going to hear I think you know just just going back to that analogy with you so I said I said oh you know you should maybe you know be a speaker on stage and your your analogy is well yeah I can do that because I can't see what people are are, are doing so I can't see if they're bored tired yawning <laughs> and that's the ultimate lack of fear isn't it yeah. and that's that's the thing they say public speaking's the the greatest one of the greatest fears we can have and why is that because we're always looking at everyone thinking the bored yeah. I'm crap I'm this I'm that where I suppose you know if you can't see that reaction you just go for it don't you and actually half the time, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You might never yeah. see them people again. Yeah, they might have had exactly, the worst yeah. hour of their yeah. life. But but so what? They might have had that's, the greatest hour of their life. That's exactly what I said to my son. I said, I said look, what's worse that's going to happen? You know, if he's scared about anything or, or confused, I said, look, what are you going to do? Break it down into what is the worst thing that's going to happen. And I guarantee it won't. And once you know what the worst thing that's going to happen is, everything else is gravy, I think. And you it, have it, to... You know, you have to remember as well that you might have a room of 100 people and you might do your thing and if only one person can relate to that or you yeah, can help that yeah. one person yeah that's what it's about yeah you know it's not Is about that... changing everybody no no and changing no. the whole world at once it's mm. about being you and helping anyone along that journey yeah. that you can and yeah. like i say you could speak to 100 people if you make a difference to one person or you yeah. make one person think oh hang on a minute what could I do mm. differently then surely that's what it's all about yeah I think it's also like you say understanding that if you speak to 100 people not everyone's gonna not everyone's gonna uh, maybe like you or agree with you or be on your train of thought and I think you, you, you know thinking that I've got to please everyone is a uh, for me a, a complete you're doing you know you're starting off 
never going to win because you're never going to please everyone. We, no. we, example, we used to do um, business conferences here and we're going to put one together for Football Mental Health Alliance. So after any event, we'd put out a feedback form like we do for yeah. our mental health first aid training, et cetera. And we got all the feedback and, the you know, probably just 600, 700 people at this conference. And the feedback was amazing, everything. And, you know, there was out of 600 and odd people, we'd had five people comment negatively about the coffee. And one of my colleagues said, oh, I've got, we've got these five, we've got these people moaning about coffee. And I went, how many? They went five. It's not to worry about. If it's 500 people moaning yeah. about the coffee, you've got a problem. If you've got five people out of 600 moaning about anything, this being the coffee, not to worry about because we're not going to please everyone. No. Not that I wasn't bothered, but I just know that you can't please everyone. And some people will always find something to be critical about. And it goes back to what you're saying about yeah. the barriers you've faced from you going in and being you. And people are always going to find because people are. A lot of people like moaning, don't they, Zoe? Yeah. People don't and have this this outgoing that you have. Do you know what I say to I say to a lot of people, I am who I am. And yeah. if you don't like me, that's totally acceptable. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. put yourself around me. Yeah. But um I'm not gonna change who I am. No, no. And I say it about my inclusion team. Yeah. You know, any new player that wants to come and train with us, mm. we are who we are and we yeah. work because we are who we are. Yeah. And if you think that you can't accept that or fit in with that I'm not going to ask them to change it's fine that you don't want to come and be a part of us I can support you in going and finding something else that you might like to yeah. be a part of yeah. but none of us should change to suit other people no that's exactly you don't, my, like my, me, you don't like me that's I'm fine my train of thought exactly Zoe I say I say I, I am who I am if people don't like me then that's fine I'm not going to worry about it because I know who I am. I know the type of person that I am. And I know that I can look myself in the mirror every morning and know that I've not shafted anyone. I've tried to do right by people. Yeah. I'm respectful and I try and help people. So if people don't like me, honestly, Zoe, I couldn't give a shit and excuse me for the language. And I'll, you yeah. know, but I couldn't. And I don't mean <laughs> that. It's not me being cocky or arrogant. It's just me being, I am who I am. And if you don't like it, then fine. And I think a lot of people, I, I, one quote I read, which I live by, I said, well, if you've got a problem with me, if I've done something wrong, tell me. Yeah. I said, but if you haven't got my phone number, you don't know me well enough to have a problem with me. Yeah. And actually, you'll drive yourself to despair worrying about what everyone yeah. thinks yeah. about you that yeah. you meet. And actually, yeah. if you are the person that 99% of people do like, most people are going to like you anyway. Yeah. I said to my lad, I said, and my missus, the greatest freedom you can have in life is not giving a shit what people think about you. Yeah. Life's too short. It is. It is. Sorry. You, you, you know, but, me and you, I everything you've said to me is, is literally, I will live my life as well. It is. Life's too short to, to care and worry what people think. If you know you're doing right, you know you're a good person, and if you know yourself, then there's that you know, why. Mean, that doesn't mean to say it doesn't affect you though no 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 of course you know, I agree. When, I totally... when when there is those negative comments mm, as much yeah. as we put on this oh, yeah. bravado kind of that mm. i am who i am and it, i don't care what people think oh, yeah. when people are horrible to you yeah. you know it does hurt yeah. and it does affect you yeah, yeah yeah and you kind of have to just put put that into proportion and go you know i am hurt but that's one person yeah and actually look at all these other people yeah. that do like me yeah. and do appreciate yeah. me and know I'm trying my best yeah. like I say it does hurt and it probably hurts more than say let's go back to the 100 people in a room you've got yeah. one person with a negative comment that negative yeah. comment probably is going to hurt you even more than 99 positive yeah. comments because yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. that's yeah. just the way yeah. as human beings we're yeah, programmed exactly. I guess mm -hmm. but as long as you can deal with that one person and that yeah. one negative yeah. comment yeah. and put it put it into perspective yeah and say it's not easy and it might take time mm. but as long as you know that you can balance it up yeah. yeah that's that's a massive thing for a person to be able to do yeah well what you said there Zoe I think is a, is a good thing to finish on you said it's not easy and it does take time and the best things in life are not easy and they do take time and, and that is it it is, and, and I agree with you completely. It's learning how to deal with that criticism, 
that negativity. And you only get that, as you said earlier, by standing up. And it takes Stand time. Stand up and be counted. Stand up and be counted. Put your head above the parapet. Zoe, I could speak to you all day. I really could, <laughs> honestly. And I know you could talk all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, it's been it's been amazing. I've really, really appreciated this chat. We've not gone anywhere near what we were planning on talking about, but that's not a bad thing. Because Part two. We've, yeah, well, we've just gone on. We've we've just this has been just a conversation, and this is what I want these things to be: just a conversation, not scripted, not robotic, no. just a conversation. And and look, and this has been that Zoe. And so, thanks so much. It, it's it's been amazing. Just remind us what you do, who are your teams, and who's your county FA. So I'm Zoe Harvey. I'm Cambridgeshire County FA's Disability Ambassador and Disability Pathway Coach of the Year. We'll get that in there. Um, I've got an under-13s team at Cherry Hinton Lions in Cambridge and an adult disability and inclusion team at Histon Hornets in Cambridge. Fantastic. Great stuff. Well, Zoe, thanks so much again. It's been amazing. Really appreciate this. Zoe Harvey, you've been absolute class. Cheers, Daddy. Thanks a lot. <laughs> See you later.